everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. On this week's episode, we sit down with a special guest, or should I say guests, Lauren and Lorenzo Ortega from Laurier Watches. We sit down and talk about how Lauren and Lorenzo are doing, as well as how Laurier the brand is doing, and all the craziness that is 2020. From there, we get into their newest release, the Neptune Series 3, as well as the recent collaboration with Worn and Wound with their Gemini Limited Edition. After that, we talk shop about Laurier the brand in general, and then ask Lauren and Lorenzo how they feel and see Laurier progressing in the not-too-distant future. And then finally, we finish off the episode with a lightning round of questions, thanks to contributions from the Laurier Watch Group Facebook page. We really enjoy talking with Lauren and Lorenzo, and I'm sure you will enjoy the episode as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Well, welcome everybody to episode 22 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast, and we are uh, pleased to have with us Lauren and Lorenzo from Laurier Watches. So uh, great to have you both on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Uh, it's it's been uh, it, it's been a, a fun quarantine. We've got to to meet with a lot of, of people that I didn't think we'd ever get to to meet with and, and speak with. So uh, we're really excited to have you both on. Um, we typically start out with a drink check and a wrist check, so we'll let our guests go first. What are you guys wearing and what are you drinking? Well, <laughs> we're not drinking too risky tonight because we still have work to do, but um, I'm drinking my homebrew kombucha. This is my quarantine project. Get a nice. little brewing going. Um, it might just have as much alcohol as your whiskey because <laughs> I let it brew a little too long, but... It, right now, it's, it's my power drink. Um, but I'm wearing uh, the Neptune Series 3 in black and white on the NATO strap. It's a nice little summer watch. Um, and I like the NATO when it's warm outside. And I'm also wearing a Neptune Series 3, but in, in black gilt. Nice. So it's been my daily for a while now. I and mean, since we started, it's been like the Neptune and black gilt has been my daily. Yeah. But for a while. For a while, I was wearing the Gemini, but now I've kind of switched back to the Neptune. And I'm drinking a glass of water. Uh, <laughs> is it just tap water, or what kind of water is it? Yeah, it's just New York tap water. Okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> New York tap water is excellent. Yes. You guys get it from, from the upstate? Come visit anytime and have a glass, and you'll, you'll find out. Yeah, that's, that's, why, that's why pizza and bagels are so good. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a big New York City tap tap water fan right here. I love that you know this fact. I love that. That this is an objective thing for you. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, back when people still traveled, I've been there quite a few times. Huh? Maybe one day you can return. <laughs> water will be here waiting for you. <laughs> as much your tap water as you want when you get back. Just the way you said that, Lauren, was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Buzzy, what have you got? <laughs> All right. I am having a Rheingeist Truth tonight, taking a little, little break from the whiskey. Uh, Going with an excellent local IPA. And on my wrist, I'm wearing the Oris Big Crown Pro Pilot X, which is in from our friends at Oris for review. Uh, 
and I've posted a few pictures of it so far on my Instagram. It is amazing. It's a breathtaking watch. I'm not really a skeleton watch fan. Most of the time, I, I think they look a little busy, but this this thing blows me away. I love that added element of depth, uh, looking through the dial down onto the mainspring and just just all the other parts that I don't know what they're called uh, that that uh, makes it tick. One of my one of my friends that uh, saw this recently and she doesn't know anything about uh, watches. She goes, well, that, that's got a lot of tickers in it. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a vote of confidence, right? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't it, the uh, Yankees manager wear that watch? Yes. Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. His name. I should know his name. Uh, uh, Aaron Boone or Brett Boone? One of the Boone brothers. Uh, I th- I, yeah, I think it's Aaron Boone. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or am I wrong? We might not want to have that on the final cut. Oh, everything's the final cut. We don't. We don't yeah. edit. Yeah, I'm not getting paid to edit this, so you know I'm. I'm pretty liberal when it comes to the editing process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Spangler. What have you got? Uh, well, you know, I'll start with what I'm drinking first. Um, it's going to be a Maker's Mark Private Select. Um, and for those people that are listening for the whiskey aspect, um, it's their Gallenstein selection batch number five. I'm sure 99% of the people out there probably will not really know what that is. I really don't know what it is, but it's pretty good. I just picked it up today. Um, can't complain. Um, but uh, on the wrist here, it's going to be, and I am proud to say that I have one. It's uh, the Laurier Gemini uh, Warner Wound Limited Edition. Um, which is just an awesome watch, and I'm sure we'll get to talking about it uh, a little later on the episode. But um, yeah, it's just all around fantastic. I really love it. Um, oh, so yeah. Right here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. In the wild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good glance at it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to sell it for double double the retail on eBay or anything, so you can rest easy with that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I've got on. Um, Spence, what about you? What do you? What are you rocking? So you got about as detailed as any of us have ever gotten on the whiskey selection. So that one person <laughs> who listens for the whiskey can probably turn it off now. Um, I am drinking. Um, I'm almost done with a bottle that I bought at the beginning of quarantine. Um, and it was a liter bottle uh, of uh, Woodford Reserve. Just a regular, just a regular uh, bourbon that I really like. It's just a good one to have on hand. And then uh, um I'm going to talk a little bit about another new edition that I haven't worn while podcasting yet. And anybody who listened to the episode from last week um, knew that some of these guys were a little bit, a uh, little bit yeah, hesitant about one of my picks from the uh, integrated bracelet uh, sports watch draft about whether or not you could mow the lawn in it. And I will say I had on my Submariner earlier, my Hulk, and I switched out of it into something a little bit more octagonal to mow the lawn. Uh, but no, it wasn't the ceramic AP Royal Oak ultra thin perpetual calendar that I picked in that draft. It is my Cassie Oak G-Shock. So <laughs> I picked up a couple weeks ago. Um, it's just a ton of fun to wear. But uh, it does have, it, it has a vibe of the AP Royal Oak uh, with the octagon bezel. So, you know, that's what I've been uh, That's what I'm wearing. Um, so with that, um, that we got that, all the pleasantries out of the way. Um, Lauren and Lorenzo, why don't you uh, – Tell us a little bit about the brand, uh, the origin story. I believe it involved a wedding and a shower and a Omega, 
if I'm remembering the story correctly. So I, I guess what what brought you guys out of the teaching profession and into the uh, watch industry, if you will? Well, that Omega you mentioned of Lorenzo's uh, fogged up when he was taking a shower in the bathroom. It was just on the counter. That was his, you know, go-to watch for formal occasions. And his other watch was a Seiko, uh, you know, a diver that did not look good with a suit you'd wear to a wedding. Right, and we were on our way to your cousin's wedding. And... So that, you know... Uh, occasion of going watchless um, scarred him enough to begin <laughs> um, imagining what his dream watch would be um, if it existed because he couldn't find something that would pretty much check the boxes of um, looking good, being versatile, being reliable, being robust enough to, to wear and not worry about um, being affordable. And um, we had the summer off as teachers. And as much as we enjoy teaching, we really enjoyed being with each other more. And the idea of working together and, you know, following our own vision, being our own bosses was really appealing. And so I was like, you know, this idea you have, let's pursue it, you know, just see what's out there, see if it's possible. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but, you know, why not? And so we had been saving up some money, maybe, okay, it's time to buy a house or something like that. We're adults now, you save. And so, like, okay, we'll keep renting our apartment and we'll invest in ourselves and go for it. Um, and Basically all our money. We just, like, went all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and it was worth it. Yeah, it, it paid off. Um, so it was that summer. We worked the rest of the next school year, the spring of 2018. That's when we introduced the Neptune. Mm-hmm. At that point, it was Series 1. We refer to it as Series 1 now. Um, a few months like that, May, we resigned from our jobs, um, focused on our new business full-time. Um, and yeah, so that was a, yeah, that was a gamble, but <laughs> yeah, but, it, but yeah, it worked out. I mean, time, that, I, yeah. like, you know, I think we can, I think we can do this. I think it'll work out, you know? I, mean, honestly, I don't know what the hell we were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, all in, all the money we have, just like go into this, let's quit our jobs. If it doesn't work out, like, what does that even mean? Like, if it didn't work out. <laughs> What? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> but yeah, that, that I feel like we just believed in it strongly and we knew we had it to commit and focus on it. We couldn't half ass it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, right. And if we wanted to grow and build, we realized just from the time we had spent building up the business and then actually launching the watch, it's a lot of work. And we were working like two shifts. Like as a teacher, um, it is, it's madness. The school year, you, you can spend so much time if you like to improve and if you continue to like to improve and do new things and, and see how you can teach better, it will consume you. And you get those months off in the summer to basically, uh, you know, come back from the dead and then you do it again. And so we were teaching 
um, during the day and still keeping, sticking to our standard um, in the classroom. But then at night we'd come home and, and work on the business. And um, our, we have a project manager in Hong Kong. And so that's when their day begins. They're 13 hours um, ahead. So, you know, there, there was no rest. You know, I'd wake up like craving a cigarette and I don't even smoke. So, so, um, it was, it was good that we quit and we could focus. And then, you know, the fall we came out with, um, the Falcon and the Hydra. Right. Um, But yeah, the Neptune is is what started it all. And and to go back to the origin story, um, like, so when my Omega flooded, and I couldn't wear the SKX to the wedding. I was looking, okay, so what is this one watch that I can wear to just anything? And, you know, Lauren has a strict budget where it's like nothing over 500. <laughs> oh, you so, playing with me? Okay. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. It's perfectly reasonable. Yes, no, I agree with your budget. Well, that's the budget. Everyone have had the money to start. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And there's also the fact that, yeah, and there's also the fact that I wouldn't be comfortable wearing anything much more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, I feel weird personally. And so, to me, the, the perfect watch, I, I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but the perfect watch was... Um, have you guys seen Goldfinger? Oh yeah. Yep. The beginning scene of Goldfinger where Sean Connery is timing the bomb with his submariner. Oh yeah. Right? Yep. He escaped from the facility. Oh yeah. Wetsuit, right? And then he unzips the wetsuit and it's like a white box and he's still yep. wearing the submariner and it still looks great. <laughs> like I want that. That's like the only part like that's the best part of the movie right there. <laughs> so, funny aside, the guy who we had on on episode twenty one has one of those. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a great story behind it too. Yeah, he's got a really good story behind it. Yeah, awesome. we'll be sure to tune in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's got some serious stuff. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Anyway. <laughs> so he clearly didn't need to design and produce his own watch to have his dream watch, but um, we. Yeah, but okay, so. Now, yeah, but. Here we are. Yeah, but to, to trace my process here, or our process, I should say, it was okay, like even if we could afford that watch, even if, you know, I, we could afford a 6538, like I would still <laughs> never wear it just because how much does it go for now? Oh yeah, too, too much. Like yeah, like six yeah. six figures. Yeah, yeah. right. Yep. If you bought it, I would be devastated. If you destroyed it after buying it, I would be doubly devastated. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So this no, sounds like an ongoing conversation though between you guys. So is there like a sounds like so this has been future? brought up before? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was like, okay, so what is what is my version of, of this watch? And, you know, like, it, it didn't exist. So it was like, okay, well, let's get to the drawing board and just, like, dream it up. Like, it was a summer. We had nothing better to do. And so we did. And then we liked the design of the Neptune so much that, you know, Lauren was like, yeah, let's just go for it. And, you know, the rest, the rest is what she's already said. 
Yeah. Hey, uh, Warren and Lorenzo, uh, which one of you were the first person to say, hey, let's quit our teaching jobs? <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know what? I don't know. I'll tell you, we don't really, like, there was never a proposal in our relationship either. And I don't think there was ever a, one of us says, let's quit. Like, we just, like, talk about things. So <laughs> I think in the back of our mind, we'd always wanted, is there a way we could, you know, be independent and, and do it, um, like, in a reasonable way? Yeah. Something realistic? Just, yeah. And, and, um, right. and then once it became something that was possible, then it's like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. That's cool. So I have to ask, what subjects did you guys teach and what grade levels? We both taught high school, high schoolers. Um, I taught world history to sophomores. And I started out teaching French. Um, but then I, I, I couldn't take teaching freshmen and sophomores. <laughs> so I switched over to economics. So I, I, I taught seniors. So wait, you're saying that freshmen and sophomores don't like learning French? No, they do not. No, <laughs> uh, I mean not the school I was in anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean most of them were there just because the Spanish classes were full already. <laughs> so, yeah. that, that tends to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those um, want to learn French. We we had a good time. <laughs> well, I mean. You guys were talking about the Neptune, and that was like your first watch that you guys came out with. Um, and I know you guys just released a new version of the Neptune fairly recently. Um, do you guys want to like walk us through that and how it's a little bit different from the V2 version? Yeah, the main difference is it's thinner. Okay. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of feedback, starting from you know the first one that you know yeah if this watch was thinner I would buy it and you know like that's. Pretty valid. Um, Doesn't everybody say that about every watch ever, though? <laughs> I, I know I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he does. He does. That's what I was thinking of. So that, that's a good point. So in our head, you know, the only way to make it thinner is to change the movement. Um, and we start out with the Seiko movement, um, which was great. Um, no complaints there. Um, but it is on the thicker side. Um, but it's one reason why we're able to, you know, offer our watch for $399. Mm -hmm. um, and we are very conscious about keeping the price as low as possible because that's part of our whole goal, um, mission of the company. Um, but we, we realized, oh, I think we can take the gamble of changing the movement um, to the Miyota a nine series, it's thinner, and it will allow us to do more with our cases in general. Because um, with the thickness we had um, with using the Seiko, we, we kind of were limited in what we could do with the case in order to keep it more on the elegant side. Um, and when you can, um, when you can use a thinner case, you can change the shape and the dimensions of it more easily and maintain elegant proportions. Um, if I'm yeah, yeah. being clear, but 
Uh, I mean, to be honest, I never really, it, the thickness of the original Neptune in series two never really bothered me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, like, but if, we were getting that feedback it, from people saying, this watch is worth more than I paid for it. I would like readily pay hundreds of dollars more for this watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Along with the feedback of, you know, this would this watch would be even better if it was thinner. Then, yeah. and also seeing that you know, the resale like the, the secondhand market, we're hearing reports that people are selling our watches for more than they actually, you know, I, pay. I, for can, I can attest to that they are. They are very much so doing that. I think we could. I think we'd still have this. I think we still have customers if we raised our prices in order to use a thinner movement and um, have uh, more freedom in our designs. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's, there's no way to make everyone happy, right? Like, mm-hmm. when we announced Series 3, it's like, oh, it's thinner now because we're using, we're using the Yoda 9 series. We had this comment on Facebook that was like, oh, Laurier is cashing in on their good reputation, blah, blah, blah. Like... No, I mean, the, the Miyota is three times more expensive than the Seiko. So our margin is actually thinner now. Um. <laughs> but it, it's a gamble that we're willing to take because I think it's, um, I think it results in something yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to continue on, you know, my, uh, my earlier thoughts, the, the original thickness to me was fine. Like Sean Connery's Submariner was almost 16 millimeters, which not a lot of people realize. Yeah. Because um, the, the Rolex 1530 movement was, or 1030, I guess it had, was also pretty thick. And so to get it to a 200 meter water resistance, it, it, the watch itself had to be pretty thick. And so I was like, it's fine if we kind of recreate those proportions. But based on the feedback we had gotten, I think times have changed a bit to where it's like people have different tastes and requirements. I also think that one, there are a lot of um, benefits of being an online based company and being direct to consumer brand. Um, But because a lot of people who buy our watches aren't able to try them on, they become very highly focused on the spec sheet and Specs aren't everything. Um, not everything can be translated onto a spec sheet in terms of how a watch feels and fits and looks on you. Mm-hmm. And so there are just some common, um, I don't know, shortcuts in terms of seeing if a watch is for you by looking at the spec sheet, mm-hmm. um, which I think kind of uh, does a disservice um, to the watch game in general, because um, it it kind of filters out some watches that might actually be really good on you. Yeah. Um, But it's it's a balance. Yeah. Right. Like, sure. Yeah. On the one hand, you know, like Lauren was saying, since we've transitioned to this thinner movement, we've been able to do a lot more with our case design. So now the the Falcon, for example, we could make it smaller because right. we can make it much thinner. Um, it wouldn't just look like a puck like on your wrist. We could make it, you know, a 36 millimeter watch and mm-hmm. it would look like it's supposed to look. Right. Um, that makes sense. And the, lines the right are, proportions. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, and then the lines on series three are much more refined. It's it's a much it's much more streamlined. So it's more like a skin diver now versus like a submarine on your wrist. Yeah. Um, one of the things, guys, that I really like on your website is, you know, you noted that the spec sheet's important because people more more often than not don't get to try it on. I love the fact that you break your thickness measurements into the case thickness and the thickness to the domed crystal. Um, you, you've got yeah. these nice high dome plexi yeah. crystals. Yeah, it, that's a really smart move. Yeah, because you're yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, you kind of have to do it. It's 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 there almost by necessity because I feel like one trap that brands fall into is we have to get it into a certain spec. And because they try and meet certain numbers, the design becomes compromised. So for example, you know, someone says, okay, I want a watch to be under 12 millimeters, right? Well, then you have to find the crystal. And then with a the flat crystal, then the light plays in as good. Right, yeah. So also I think that, um, you know, one reason why we, one reason why we um, split up the, the, with um, the height of the case between the actual case and the crystal is that the crystal being so clear being acrylic is um, it it really doesn't add much visual height to it when you're looking at the watch um, it, it 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 becomes um, I don't know how to say it it adds something visually to it but it it doesn't add um, like a like a density. It doesn't add bulk. It just adds an additional light play, um, and it's just pleasant um, to look at. I don't know. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. I, I like that. I love the fact that you put your your case width and then your lug to lug measurements um, on there. Uh, that it, it just shows that you understand when someone's cruising your website, trying to get a feel for what it will look like on your wrist. It's, it's, it's a, a good good way to do things. It saves us from having to do that Google search and then then think in our head, do we trust that source of that guy in the watch you seek for him who's telling me what he thinks it is? That's exactly. Right. Completely right. Yeah, I mean, we both have small wrists. I have a six inch wrist. Lauren's wrist is five and three quarters. So we have done those Google searches a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, based on our experience, we, we thought, yeah, it'd be good to have all these measurements. And I'm glad, Buzz, that you, that you had mentioned it. <laughs> someone can appreciate it. That's the first time. Uh, yeah. Everyone's ever said that. So thank you. Oh, we actually worked on our website and actually read something. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and that's why we... we we have to be um, specific about the measurements is because again, um, our wrists are a certain size, but not everyone has the same size wrists. And so with the wrist shots, um, we use Lorenzo's wrist. He's over there, you know, with the tripod and the like Bluetooth clicker, taking pictures of his wrist. And um, 
people need to know, okay, this is a six inch wrist. These are what the dimensions look like on that wrist. Um, I don't know. It's just trying to communicate uh, online and virtually. Um, maybe you can imagine a little bit what it looked like on your wrist, but yeah, props to all the people and major thanks to all the people who take the plunge and just buy the watch in good faith, um, trusting they're going to get a good looking watch and without seeing it in person. Mm. Yeah. I mean, speaking of good looking watches, you I mean, I've got the, the Gemini here and like, I, I'll say from like owning it for a, a while now, like it really conjures up like ideas of like, and I don't really know what your design process is when it comes to like going on like, you know, older watches, if those are your design inspirations, but like this, it really reminds me of like the 57 Railmaster and almost like the Ranchero and they're in the same vein. Like the lugs are super straight off the case. It's in that like vintage size, you know, proportion. And like, you know, it just looks, and also it's super thin. We talked about that. Um, but like all, overall, like, you know, I've, I've handled, I believe, I don't know if you were at V2 yet, but I've also handled a V1, maybe a V1, V2 Neptune, uh, that my friend has. Um, and I, you know, but the case, it, it was a little bit different, a little bit thicker, like you said, but I mean, again, it was in that same style, the aesthetic. And I, I don't see it. It's, it's really good. You know, Thanks. you know, and, and like we've had people on the red bar group chat comments, you know, cause I posted this watch a lot. Um, and, you know, I've had DMs from people and they're like, oh, yeah, that case shape is awesome. Like, you, you can't get wrong with the Laurier case design. And, like, I, you know, after handling this one for longer than, like, I should, <laughs> and, like, I, I'm one of those guys that I, I was the original, like, Laurier fan ever since the Urban Gentry, you know, may he rest in peace, whatever he's doing now. <laughs> Apparently, he's doing Lego videos. Um, but I, I saw his original review on the Neptune um, and I'm like, man, that's a super cool watch. And, you know, I missed out on the first few pre-orders and, you know, eventually ended up with this one. So I'm like, I'm happy that I missed out because I, I may have not have gone for this one. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's all around great. You know, the case design, everything. Thanks to the Urban Gentry for getting me started on Laurier. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, all around good. He's got the sideboard. He's got some other things planned. So, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah. But um... yeah, he's not gone yet. So, uh... <laughs> okay, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> took a little bit longer. Yeah. There were a lot of people initially, um, yeah, that review really took off. Um, and that really the case design is basically born out of we kind of have an obsession with things that aren't made anymore but still have classic designs and clean lines. So I guess a good example of this would be the first car we bought. So he had just moved to Texas. This was almost 10 years ago. And we were like, it's, it's Austin. It's, so we moved from New York to Texas. And we're like, it's Austin. It's fine. We can just bike everywhere. And <laughs> Not this, our was, neighbor. This, this was in June. <laughs> and, you know, us being ignorant New Yorkers, you know, like we didn't, well, Lawrence from Texas. But anyway, I, I didn't know what June in Texas was going to be like. So that went out the window really quickly. The bike idea. Uh, <laughs> for, for those who aren't picking up, it's it's hot in Texas in June. Yeah, um, yeah. You can tell us. I live in Louisiana. It's hot. Let me tell you. I mean, and it was a cooler summer that year. The summer before, there had been, I think, a hundred days over a hundred in Austin. Oh. It was, and the next summer, the summer we moved, it was on the cooler side. You know, only in the nineties. 
but but we were like, yeah, no, this and is. And then our, our our neighborhood was super hilly, and uh, <laughs> so it was downhill where you can gain momentum to go up the hill. There was a stop sign. So, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, no, no, biking. no biking for us. But um, yeah. so, so yeah, we had to look for a car, and and one of our criteria was, okay, if we, if we buy a car, we're gonna have it for a while. So it can't just like it can't be like a Toyota Corolla, which you know next year is gonna look outdated already. Right. Yeah. So what's a car that we can buy that will still look good five, ten years from now? And so we ended up with a Fiat 500. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. I like those. Yep. Yeah. They, they've been around since 2008. Until now, they still look good. They look the same. Then, yeah. You know, like it's, yep. it works. And yeah. also, like the interior was nicely, was thoughtfully designed. I'm not was, like, I don't like cars where it's just like all black and the interior is an afterthought. Like I need some thoughtful design of the dashboard. And some good colors, but anyway. So I think Lorenzo's trying to say is like we always, in terms of what we look for, we're very minimalist, and we don't carry a lot with us. We don't want a lot of things. So the things we do get, we always like. Design is always like. One. Yeah, it's always number one. Yeah, uh, for better or worse. Um, and air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that's, that's sort of like our, you know, aesthetic to where it's like, yeah, it has to be clean. It has to be simple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there are lots of things where it's like, why don't they make it like that anymore? Like with the Submariner, for example, like, why don't they make a no crown guard sub? And why do they... Well, I mean, I know why, but you know, like the note cards look so good, so let's bring that back. I yeah. think for us, our because we now have our own brand and we have the freedom, we can incorporate the things we like and bring back what we like um, yeah. in our in our own way, and uh, it's kind of awesome to be able to do that. Right. So um, with, with a bracelet, for example, like. Again, we we have small wrists, and so we can never get a bracelet that fits right. And as much as we loved our Seikos, the bracelets. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've had our, few, uh, our fair share of complaints on this on the bracelets of Seikos, <laughs> especially the clasps. That, that's oh, the, the clasps issue. are the worst. They're I getting better. How I have a newer one. They're getting better, but they're still. Oh good. Fingers crossed. Good. Yeah. I, I put okay. my SKX. I put my SKX back on the stock Jubilee just to get some appreciation when I go back to my uh, Gatate uh, Oyster. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten how rough that was. Oh, yeah. Lord. <laughs> yeah, so for our bracelet, I mean, the, the links fully articulate. It's streamlined. It's slender. Um, yeah, the, really... the design inspiration for it was uh, we wanted to make a hybrid of the Rolex Oyster and the Omega 1039 bracelet. Oh, yep. And yeah, I think we nailed it. Oh, yeah. You got yours on your bracelet? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the yep. 1039 is, like, our platonic ideal of a wash bracelet. Is it the way it affects light, the way the lines are so smooth. 
like, yeah, that's awesome. Why don't they make it like that anymore? <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I'll, I'll do a shout out to another company that I just saw. Um, but it's, uh, I think it's like at Uncle Seiko on Instagram. It's UncleSeiko.com, whatever. Um, but they are like doing like a recreation of the 1039 for anybody out there wow. that is like okay. looking for a water bracelet for their Speedmaster 20 and 19 millimeters. So just stay tuned for that because I'm wow, like, very nice. I'm on the radar for that. So if anybody's out there like being like, yeah, the 1039 is great. It is great. Um, so it's like, stay tuned for that if you want that for your Speedmaster. But I was going to say, why don't you keep going on the bracelet because Spangler was over. We were doing a bit of a watch exchange over the weekend because I had the Pro Pilot X from Aura, so Buzzy has it now. And Spangler brought his Gemini. And the thing that I, I don't want to say the thing that impressed me the most because the, the overall package is unbelievable. That was, the, that was the first time I'd actually gone hands on with one of y'all's watches. But that bracelet is unreal. Um, like you guys knocked yeah. the design out of the park, and it, it it's super comfortable and just the. The lugs are thick, but without like being overly, I mean, like you said, it is very slender, but it's, it's thick's probably not the right word. Substantial is probably the right word. Like it, it's, it's substantial and it gives the, the overall watch an extra heft. And I guess keep going, talking about how you guys came to that design, what goes, what went into that process. And I mean, like I said, it's a phenomenal bracelet. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, we keep thinking, okay, should we release another bracelet, mix it up? But we're like, nothing beats that bracelet you know it's like how could we do another one if this one works and looks and feels as good as it does why would we change it for something less than like as much as we love like a, a mesh bracelet or something um i just don't think it in terms of offering it as the standard for a model i don't think we could do that because our yeah. Bracelet we have now is so yeah, it's just so solid. It's great. And, and at the time we were designing it, it was just like nothing. No bracelet really fit us right. So how do we make one that fits us? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the bracelet itself. I mean, was one of those things that we kind of lucked into where it was the second go around. Yeah. It, it took two yeah. attempts. Yeah. To. Everything so else now, okay, takes this is between it. three and five. Um, yeah, the first bracelet, we, we knew we wanted flat links because at the time, everyone, like all the micros were basically just doing a standard oyster bracelet. And yep. we needed to figure out how to distinguish ourselves in the market. And also, again, on us, we wanted something that had a little more streamlined look. Mm -hmm. um, and so the flat links, add to that they play with the light nicely but right. it doesn't add uh as much bulk right as so so the first bracelet we had uh prototype was basically an oyster bracelet with flat links and that was not it, it, it wasn't good it just, it just wasn't good um <laughs> the, the links themselves were too long they were 10 millimeters the our links now are like seven millimeters. Yeah, yeah six or seven i can't remember exactly um the, the links on the first one didn't articulate, and so it wasn't very comfortable. Uh, it didn't really mold on the wrist very well. And so, yeah, we had to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, so this is too long. Mm -hmm. This doesn't, this doesn't flex well. And yeah, we, we sent, so, so we sent the new design, the new one came in and we instantly loved it. And so, yeah. 
that was something went well. Yeah, it's, it's a bit serendipitous. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any reason if you have a design that works and is distinctive to your brand. I don't necessarily see a reason to really change it. I mean. Rolex yeah. throws the oyster on everything and every metal. Like you can get pretty much anything they make on an oyster bracelet. So, but that's what they're known for. I mean, I don't see any reason to try to come up with another design because it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. unless unless it, unless you're going for a different aesthetic in mm-hmm. that watch, um, in, in in another model you may come up with years down the road. But I mean, that bracelet fits with each of your designs that you've got so far, and it's so comfortable. And so, like I said, substantial and adds so much to the watch that I don't know. I mean, that it, to me, it's it's what I think of when I think of the rest of your watches. I mean, it all it, they all work. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really yeah. happy. Yeah, we're really happy with it. I'm about to say it is it is kind of expensive. <laughs> Whatever you're paying for, it's totally worth it because it's an awesome bracelet. Yeah, speaking of things that don't show up on the spec sheet, right? It's like, yeah, you know, when you're hunting on a watch, stainless steel bracelet. Okay, great, stainless steel bracelet. Right? Um, but there's like, a big difference, though. And I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think no, we kind of talked about it. bracelet comes these guys. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think this kind of just goes to we've we've got we've gotten a chance to talk to several micro brands here in the last couple months, and. A lot of us enthusiasts know what you guys are doing and are big fans of it, but not everybody owns it. And, and in fairness, I went to your website today, and it'd be it'd be late June before I could get something, uh, which is a great it's a great situation to be in. It, it shows that people are really appreciating your design; they understand the quality because you guys are selling out of of all the colors of everything, which is I'm sure a great place to be in. But what I would say to anybody listening who hasn't been able to see one. Go to a red bar and let's hope somebody's got one because when you pick these up, when you touch them, when you feel them, when you put it on your wrist, you get it. Like that's the big thing that I've always said with all the micros that we've talked to. And I don't like the term micro brand either. I'm kind of with Justin from Monta. You guys are entrepreneurs who just so happen to decide to make a watch, um, which is a fantastic thing. It's very much in the American spirit, if you will. But go pick these things up because they are of a – such a higher quality for the price point than you get from other brands in that price point. I mean, it, you can, you yep. can definitely tell yep. that you guys designed these things and it was made for a reason. Like I said, that bracelet was the thing that stood out the most to me, even though that blue is phenomenal on that, uh, on the worn and wound edition. Yeah. 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 Sorry, is this like cerulean blue, or you know, I can't say it right, but you know, I know Buzz has donated um, uh, a crayon, Crayola color box color. But um, what, yeah. what color blue is this again on this? In this the one around the term cerulean. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's at least sixty-four pack of crayons. You need to to get to that level. Of blue. <laughs> yes, I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget the. Uh, we were at the Warner Mound office trying to pick a. You know, like we had the Pantone color book, and I can't remember <laughs> which number it was precisely. On. Yeah, because you but, you you design something and and you you know set the color, but then you have to like you know uh, address it in the real world. So there are like, okay, what's the pan? What's the closest Pantone color to this, and how is that going to look? You know, glossy and, and right. things like that. So yeah, if I. If, 
I guess the most accurate word would be cerulean. Yeah, yeah, level. yeah. That's another thing we got really lucky with that that dial color. Um, it kind of just turned out right the first time, mm -hmm. which I don't know if the other brands you've talked to have mentioned this, but in the watch manufacturing world, that's pretty rare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you design something and then something's made. <laughs> like, rarely does it happen where it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. The first time. Because, <laughs> yeah, it, it depends with the color mixing and how it looks and, and the, the final product, how it looks glossy mm -hmm. or matte. And, um, you can say, yes, I want, you know, Pantone 285C or whatever, but... Um, what does it take to make that color specifically, and can it be made accurately yeah. the first mm -hmm. time? Yeah, but that's just you know part of it. Um, yeah, and I mean you know speaking of uh, worn and wound, um, you know I know you guys did this limited edition Gemini with them. Um, you know, are there any other plans to possibly do any other future collaborations with other uh, you know online sites or any other limited editions in the future at all? That door is open. Right now, our main focus is just getting our main catalog in stock like, okay. for a decent amount of time. So yeah. that's really where our focus is. And all everything we make just goes back into production. Okay, increase production, increase production as much yeah. as we can. Um, but yeah, there's... We, we have another planned, but it's... Very, it's yeah, it's very, very early in the sure. process. One thing we like about collaborations, limited editions, is that we can go beyond the normal scope of, of our design and the aim of our design. So we generally, when we design something um, for our standard collection, it's, could is, is this a daily wear? Could this be a daily wear? Mm -hmm. um, it has to meet our, like, you know, one watch requirement. You know, everyone has a different personality and a different style, but could you see this being a person's daily yep. throughout the time? Mm -hmm. um, and so because of that, that's just yeah, naturally so, a little bit more conservative. Right. You're so not going to see question, lots of wild right. stuff. Right. So there's that, but also the fact that as a brand, we're kind of committed to having a standard collection and making those models or a version of those models for as long as we're in business. Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of making something just for novelty's sake, that that isn't what we aim to do with our standard collection. Whereas a limited run could be, this is a really cool idea or design. Right, we could we can be more adventurous mm -hmm. in terms of what we can do. Is we can say, okay, this is limited. We can't sustainably do this forever. Mm -hmm. but we still really want to do it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah let's let's make it a collab let's make it a limited edition yeah and word around is really good uh to us when we we started planning the collaboration i guess a year ago um mm -hmm. the last san francisco wind up um we had some time to talk and you know it the topic came up and we're like, you know, we're going to be releasing this um, chronograph next year or I guess later in the year. And it would be cool um, to do, to use that for a, for a limited uh, collaboration. And so 
then we got to, you know, um, shoot over some designs and get feedback and, um, it, it became what it, what it is now. And we were really happy with it at the time. Um, we were planning this, um, Warren and Wow generally didn't do collaborations of like more than a hundred pieces at a time. The generally the 50 pieces was about standard for them. And so we're like, okay, that's, that's fine. Um, with us, we didn't know how popular the Gemini was going to be. Um, we hadn't released it yet. We didn't even have prototypes yet. Um, and then finally, when it was ready to go, I mean, we had already sold out of the Gemini. Um, and there was a lot of pent-up demand for it. And then there was a lot of anger when... Uh, and we said 88 pieces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But is, is there any reason for the 88 number? It's an isometrical number. Right. You know? Gemini, 88. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we were trying to be, you know, poetic about it. Poetic <laughs> <laughs> is somewhere close to 100, but not entirely 100. Mm -hmm. and sure. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like it fit with the theme. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's our own little, you know, romantic heads. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're happy with it. I mean, we did get someone like confront us about it all being like a conspiracy, and they actually weren't ever put up for sale, and they were all sold to you know uh, scalpers like even before the the sale time. And, uh, Truthers. That was, well, yeah. yeah, that's insane. I think yeah. we'll. I think like, we'll we can be we, this podcast can probably debunk that because Spangler got one even with his shitty internet. <laughs> I did. I, 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 you know, I knew. I knew just based on past experiences um, from trying to get watches off your website that um, I had to be fast when it came to it. Right, so I, I punched in my Apple, you know, Apple Pay info beforehand. Had double checked it. You know, had to go real fast. And you know, luckily, thank God, you know, it actually worked this time. With with my uh, my downtown internet, um, but I was able to get one. So uh, yeah, I, I you know I'm I'm not scalping it. Everyone out there, you know, I'm not trying to sell it. So you know, I dunk that myth right now. Not everyone that bought one is trying to sell it for you know seventeen hundred dollars. So it's like maybe it's on eBay right now. Oh wow! Wow! No, we don't really look for that. You know, that's not <laughs> that's yeah. not good for our mental health to seek out that stuff. But um. Yeah, we're really happy that, that you got one. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I've, I've won a one for like the past couple of years, and I was lucky enough to land on this one, so I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I've been, I've been loving it. I've been winning for, uh, I believe it's a hashtag Blue Watch Monday for a while now. So, uh, That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I've been enjoying just, it. It's just such a like, cheerful watch, you know, and I feel like it's so good to wear, like, during the quarantine and everything just, Everything, everything else is shit, but you have a really cheerful watch <laughs> on your wrist. It's like a sunny day, you know, to look at. And yeah, I I enjoy it, and I like it. Always just reminds me of like better times. <laughs> Maybe because I was wearing it on vacation uh, shortly before the quarantine all happened, so I have some nice memories of wearing it when I was, you know, in the before times. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> we call it BC before COVID. Yeah. 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 
Mm -hmm. yeah. yep. So anyway, that insane, like the sellouts, like obviously it's not good for any of us to like not have a watch to sell right. to someone who wants it. And yeah. so that's why, and we, we've tried pre-orders um, last winter and it was fine. It, it worked fine enough, but we didn't like just the added stress of holding on to people's money. And um, then with delays, you know, people don't appreciate that and they get anxious and we want to avoid any negative emotions, um, you know, involving our watches. We prefer it to keep it, you know, nice and happy at the time like watches are supposed to be. <laughs> and so we're doing this wait list now where you sign up, give us your information, you don't put any money down. Um, and when we have a watch available, we'll contact you and you can order it. And no stress, no panicking about your Wi-Fi service. Um, <laughs> it will be a little slower. Like the, you know, the perk of pre-orders is you get all that money up front and then you can place the big order for how many people need. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, fronting the cost ourselves. So production is gonna go how we had planned and how it works. So some people will be getting theirs this month. Um, if you're further down on the list, you may be getting yours in August. Um, but that's just how production is going to go. But there's no money down. You literally don't have to worry about anything. We'll email you when one's ready, and then you can pay. And I'm actually really glad we're doing it like that because, I mean, we had decided to do it like that before, like, shit hit the fan. But now I feel like if we did, if we were doing pre-orders, we'd be like, read the room. You know, like, yeah. Are you really asking for five hundred dollars up front right now for people, and and just, you know, everyone's on edge. No matter, like, a lot of people lost their jobs. Some, plenty of people kept theirs, but there's still uncertainty, and you can tell, like, everyone's on edge. It doesn't take much to set people off. Like when we sent the email about this new waitlist system, someone's someone responded. You guys should go jump off a fucking cliff for not producing enough. Like, dude, we literally just said you can sign up without any payment and you'll get, like, <laughs> there's a lot of misdirected anger, a lot of anxiety, a lot, everyone's on edge. So I'm really glad that we're doing this waitlist system, reduce the stress for everyone, and... Um, it's a lot more work on our end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're like it's it's it all comes down yeah. to us, but, um, but yeah. I, I, to to people's credit, they, they've been very nice in acknowledging that you know the system is very easy and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's that's been very nice to hear. Um, but to make it simple on the front end, there's a lot of work on the back end. Um, <laughs> people don't appreciate just, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's fine and it's it's working um and yeah people have been really understanding and like these are not normal times we're in and you can try and convince yourself of that but you're just going to get frustrated like things are different things take slow things take longer to do mm -hmm. production is slower shipping is slower you know everyone's stretched everyone's stressed out this mm -hmm. is not normal and we'll get through it, but we everyone's 
while everyone's on edge, there have been plenty of people who um, are, are real chill and understanding. So it's nice to see. Um, to see that. Yeah. I mean, we don't have much interaction with people beyond emails and social media and it beca- it can become very impersonal. Um, you lose that, that sense of togetherness, but, but I mean, we've, we've had, we've had customers like coming back for us for, you know, to us for the past couple of years now and we formed relationships and it's, and it, they're a lot of good, decent people out there. And so it's, it's nice to know that you can, I mean, watches are not like an essential item right now. Like, let's not kid ourselves. This isn't essential work, but they do bring joy. They do make people happy. You know, there's goodness and beauty. And I'm glad that we can at least do that. Um, yeah, and we're all working towards the same goal, really. Um, we, we never really like the fact that it, it, it's harder to get one of our watches. Like if, if we could have it our way, it would just, yeah, like, okay, you buy a watch, we ship it and you have it. That'd be amazing because you get the watch, we get money. It's great. Everyone, everyone's happy. Yeah. I guess one of the things about being an online business is that people from all over the world can access your website. Mm-hmm. And so people are surprised, oh, it's sold out in a minute. And it's like, well, Whenever there's more people trying to buy a watch than the watches you have available, it's going to go very fast. Um, that's just, you know, you, you can't see the physical line of people down the block from the store, mm-hmm. but, but there are people, there are people there. Um, I guess we can say, we can put this in a way everyone understands now thanks to COVID, but, you know, we've been increasing production linearly and, Demand has been increasing exponentially. Everybody gets so. that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're, we're working towards it. And I think by the end of this year, we should have, we should be able to have all our watches in stock for an extended period of time. You know, so it's, I think that's our goal. I think that if, yeah. if not the fall, that um, winter of this year. Which, which is definitely a good thing. I mean, that's what you guys like definitely want after all this, you know. All the hard work you've put into it, um, but um, let's see. We, I've, I've got two more quick questions here because we're approaching the hour mark. Um, but like, what 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 do you guys see as like the future of Laurier? Do you guys see any like new models coming out or like modifications to previous models? What, what do you guys see in the next you know coming years? We have a few more like. I mean, uh, COVID has kind of thrown everything off. Like, we, yeah, we don't know what the future looks like anymore. Just um, in general. In terms of Laurier, um, we, we've been working on a GMT for a while now. I was going to ask that. <laughs> yep. that is. Uh, That's definitely yeah. a goal. Hopefully, if everything continues as it does, um, we, we it should be ready by the end of this year. Yeah. Um, and maybe after that, a couple more models, um, and then expanding our catalog in terms of colorways, size options, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, um, creating a solid offering. Yeah, the the the, the GMT actually just got the first prototype last week. 
there's there's still some work to do, but we're we're, 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 we're kind of excited about it. Oh, I it bet. Looks like, yeah, it's a really good start. Um, with that said, every another thing about the watch manufacturing world is that every little change you make is like another month that you add. It's like, oh, this number is a little too thick. Like the font is too thick. Okay, so we have to reprint the dial. Okay, great. Let's, let's add another month to the estimate, mm -hmm. if not more. Um, but yeah, so but that's exciting that's happening. Uh, next in the pipeline is Hydra Series 2, which should be coming out later in the summer. Yeah. Uh, it, so now the Hydra is going to be a dual crown skin diver. Ooh. Ooh. I was going to say on the website, it's gone black on the Hydra logo. So I was going to ask if that was going to be a change in the case or whatever. Yeah. 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 So it's going to have a pretty substantial uh, change in design. Nice. Uh, we, we, there were just um, too many people were confusing the Hydra and the Neptune. And they were competing with each other in a way we didn't want. So the Hydra, because of the thinner Miota movement now, we can uh, change the case shape and... Um, kind of chip away at its personality a little bit more and embrace the funky side of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it'll, because we don't want to have a catalog that's like loaded with divers. Um, and so we want the two divers we have to be very different options um, and cover the bases in terms of what you, what you want from a diver. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. the Hydra is definitely going to be like, I, we love dual crown divers um, the look, and I, yeah, I'm excited. You're speaking um, Buzzy's language. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> On both of those, by the way. <laughs> so yeah, people have been waiting a long time for, for the Hydra. Um, it's been out of stock and, yeah. and not available for a long time, yeah. but. I hope people are happy with yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that we've had to make a lot of modifications to just to get it exactly how we want it. And so, so it's been taking a while, but it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Further down, we, we really want to do a dress watch, like a 35 millimeter dress watch. So okay. I, I wanted to ask guys, like, how, how would you feel about that? Just like in general. <sighs> So I don't, I don't currently own, well, I take that back. I have one old citizen dress watch and it's the one hole in my collection. Not whole. I mean like, like the collect, like it, my collection's all over the board, but I don't have a dress watch and I like the idea of one. And I would like something that, you know, that I could wear to those, to that wedding. Like, you know, the, like that Omega that you had that flooded, like I, the, the whole thing that, that was your origin story. I, I love the idea of something like that. That's got classic, elegant lines, looks great on a leather strap. Um, but at the same point, all the ones that I kind of am drawn to is like, I, if I'm, if I'm only going to wear this to special occasions, I don't know that I want to spend what they're asking. <laughs> and mm, I yeah. feel like, you know, with, with, with what your guys's brand ethos is, I feel <laughs> like this would be something I'd be very interested in. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and I'll, I'll put in my remarks here so i i recently bought a um grand seiko spgk 005 um which is like their blue awate dial they came out in 2019 um and that is you know in their elegance 
design collection. So it's designed to be a dress watch. Um, but I'm more of the person that's definitely more sport watch, you know, driven. Um, and I love, you know, I love kayaking. I love doing like water activities. I mean, it's like dive watches are great, even though I can't do that with that watch. Um, so, you know, the reason I bought it was because of the fact that like it is, you know, stated as a dress watch, but you know, if you, if you put it on a bracelet and we've had this discussion before, um, you know, in our mind, like a good dress watch or really any good watch is that if you can swap the bracelet for a strap and or vice versa and wear it in a way that's not supposed to be worn, I think it makes it a really good watch. So I've got the actual Grand Seiko bracelet on order for that watch. And I'm going to wear it more as like a sports watch, you know, versus a dress watch. Um, You know, and we've, we've said before, like, you know, if you put like a Submariner on a, you know, a leather strap or a NATO, whatever, uh, it really dresses it down. Um, And so that's what I would say is like, if you're going for a dress watch, make it capable of like being something more sporty than it is. And like also vice versa for sports watches too. So that may be the watch that you get to try that new bracelet on. (laughs) Yeah, it might be. That might be where that might be something that could go on leather and on a mesh. That would be interesting. 35 ish, 36 millimeters. I think that's, that would be definitely wearing a bracelet will, yeah, definitely wearing stuff smaller that are on bracelets. They will wear bigger than they are without having the bracelet on. Um, and that's why, because if I have like a, you know, my my girlfriend has a 34 mil Omega. Um, I don't know if it's a Seamaster or not, maybe. Um, but I just bought a bracelet for it. Um, and, it and it wears, you know, not substantially bigger, but definitely a little bit bigger than it would without the bracelet. So that would be my piece of advice for you guys. Okay. Yeah, no, it's good. Thank you very much. Well noted. Yeah. yeah. It's better yeah. than for like echo chamber. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you have anything to add? Any? So I have a, uh, a Tudor Oyster Prince, 70s vintage, 34 millimeter case. Uh, came with a leather strap and that's all I've got uh, for it. I also have a uh, an old Omega Seamaster, 34 millimeter, but with a date uh, that that needs to go to the watch hospital because it <laughs> it does not work. Uh, so I I guess I would focus on what besides obviously the fact that when someone buys from you it will be correct it will be working it will be brand new <laughs> won't have to go to the watch hospital right? <laughs> uh, you know. There, there are a lot of very good, stylish, you know, 34 millimeter, you know, old, maybe not explicitly dress watches in the way that like a, a paddock Calatrava is, but still dress-ish watches. So my, my advice would be, you know, think, think about what's the compelling case, um, for yours and, and also how do you how do you differentiate it enough from the falcon that you've got already because that's got a really that's got a cool like vibe where it, it looks very sporty um on on the bracelet but i could see you putting that on leather and having just a completely different vibe yeah 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 well i know yeah, thank the- you for it's, yeah, right. sorry, sorry, go ahead. As I say, I know one of the watches that I that 
I think on the Warren and Wild podcast, which if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to that one as well that, that these two were on. It was a good listen. I listened to it recently. Um, one of the watches that inspired the Falcon was, you know, kind of the watches that went up to Everest with uh, Tenzing Norgay and Sir Edmund Hillary, um, which Rolex Explorer. And I, we've always talked about that if you throw a Rolex Explorer on a, on a leather strap, it really dresses it up. So I think his point about the Falcon yep. kind of being of, of your catalog, currently your dressiest model. I can definitely see that, but I, I he's got, he's got a couple of really good points there too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Those. So we've been on the drawing board with this dress wash thing for the past couple of years now. And it all basically goes down to what you you boiled it down. Basically, that's exactly what's going on in our head. So it's like we've been trying to square that circle for a while now. So (laughs) we figured as long as if it's a dress watch and you can slap a bracelet on it, go for it. That's that's what I like. That's my thing. Square the circle. I mean, why not just make a square dress watch? I think there there you go. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's what I want. But it's just an issue of finding a movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only yeah. yeah. It'd have to be quartz, which we're not crazy about the idea. So. Get get rid of so, the seconds hand, and a lot of the issue of quartz goes away. No, don't point. listen to Buzz. Don't do quartz. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your practical approach, but for us, it's just romantic. Like we love the concept of a of a mechanical movement. No battery, just you know the mechanism. I would think. I would think then you guys would probably, for a dress watch, be going hand wind then too, not automatic, correct? It depends what's available Mm -hmm. in terms of movements that we can use. Yeah, Yeah. we don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're. It'd probably be automatic, just because it's it's really difficult to find. So the the options for us for hand winding movement are either seagull. Or Salida. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, yeah. Never made yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Maybe, you know, by the time we need we need it, there will be one available. That's, that's... <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, we'd love to do a square one, but a rectangular one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be, be amazing. Yeah. It's, you know, one of the dreams, I guess. <laughs> Maybe yeah. enough down the road and we're making our own movements. <laughs> you heard it here first. So I, I... That's right. In-house movements coming. So... <laughs> Sometime. Here first, guys. <laughs> so I know we're getting a little short on time here. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm a proud member of the Laurier Watch Club on Facebook. And I, I don't know if you guys have perused that at all, but I uh, I sent the call out earlier today uh, for questions for you guys um, that they wanted to like have answered, um, you know, and that's all the place to go for Laurier knowledge. Um, so I think I've got about nine questions here that oh, I, I filtered out to be. <laughs> that's fine. That yeah. are just we got time. Is, I mean, no, no, no. Yeah, 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 no, no. You know, this edit. is a lightning round, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yes or no. Really real quick good. answers here. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to drag this out for another three hours, I'm sure. Even though I'm sure our listeners would want to listen to that. Um, but um, yeah, so I've got about nine questions. They're yes, no, maybe answers, maybe a sentence tops answers. Okay. Um, okay. So, and this is what they wanted to hear. So 
Um, let's see. The first one is, uh, will you go bigger than 39 or move the 36 millimeter to other models? Possibly. <laughs> okay. okay. Awesome. Lightning round. Uh, question two, will there be Sapphire crystals? No. Okay. Uh, any more manual, manual wind watches coming? Not immediately. Yeah. Not, no plans. Not, now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, will there be a Falcon V2 larger than 36 millimeters? Probably not. Okay. Uh, will there be an all gold Gemini? Maybe. Compelling idea. Yeah. No yeah. plans as of now. <laughs> we are not, against uh, it. not off the table. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And this, and this is the longest question of it. Uh, were there any changes in the bracelet design between the V2 Neptune and the Gemini? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that's the most technical question. Yeah, uh, the end links. The end links. Just okay, end links. Um, any plans to change up the case or bracelet design? Um, no case? plans as of now. I mean, we, we have stuff on the drawing board, but no, nothing concrete as of now. Uh, I guess that's another thing we've been mulling over aside from this 35 millimeter dress watch is to do <laughs> have, uh, like a seed dollar version of the Neptune. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just on the drawing board. So it's nothing like concrete. It's just okay. like an idea where Again, it's for. We gotta, we gotta get our ca catalog, you know, mm -hmm. our, our standard collection down and then we can, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Off from there. Okay. Uh, I know you, you kind of answered this question earlier today, but uh, Jubilee bracelet at all for any models? Jubilee. Uh, hmm. I mean, you, the thing with with uh, Jubilee and Beads of Rice, we feel like you can already get in other places. So. It's not a. It's not a. It's not urgent for us. Right. It would be nice to offer different bracelets and, and straps, but um, it's not it's not top of the list in terms of mm -hmm. priorities because there's already other sources um, that provide good stuff. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, at the base of it, I wish I wish we could say yes to all these questions, but. You know, we're, we're, we're a very small company, so our resources are extremely limited. I mean, so it's like, okay. Yeah, like, we're, we're, like, we're looking at all of the staff. Yeah, so it's like, okay, what do we do? You know, like, we, um, how, are, how are our resources, like, right. best utilized? Yeah. Where, you know, in terms of... Yeah. So, you know, like, all of Gemini, I think, is an awesome idea. But then we'd have to sacrifice something else. Mm -hmm. Down the line, like, well, if we did an old Gemini, then we can't do the GMT, for example. Yeah, not in that stark of terms, but those right. are decisions. They're they're trade offs. So mm -hmm. yeah, we're just okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, then the last question is: uh, Is there an automatic chronograph coming anytime soon? Uh, Maybe. Probably not. I mean, it would it would <laughs> have to be, it would be totally different. Yeah. So so um, the yeah. Thing with, yeah the thing with chronograph movements is. There, there is really is no other option other than Seagull if you want a mechanical one. Yeah. 
So well, there's... In, in our price range. In, in our price, price range, range. yeah. So in, the next yeah. one up would be um, the Seiko. Yeah, the next, the next other available, well, there's a Seagull 1940, but reliability of that is not great. It's the automatic mm-hmm. version of the SC19. Um, yeah. But the next, the next most affordable chronograph movement is the Seiko NE88. And that one costs five times as much. Which yeah, which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah, it's it's a lot, and so the price the watch would be in a different price range, and it also be it's um, a, thicker. It also be a lot thicker, quite quite a bit thicker, and it's also modular movement, which are really really difficult to repair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're not we're not too it's, crazy it, about it, the it, idea. It would be a long time, like yeah, we'd be because just the the cost of, of Start investing in that to launch it mm-hmm. would be um, so high. We'd have to have, I think, be several years down the road if we had the resources and the confidence that there are going to be people who are going to buy this. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Can I just say something about Sapphire? Because yes. Yes. <laughs> <Go for it. laughs> we get this question every day, basically. So. <laughs> this is pinned up, I can tell, but go on. No, 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 I'm not gonna, no. So, I've been thinking about it lately. It, it, like, how, how to most efficiently answer this question as to why we go with Plexi. And I've posted a couple of things on Watch You Seek as to why we do it. And I think that's, you know, worked pretty well. Um, but. If, if, if I may use an analogy, it's basically like, like we like mechanical movements, even though they they are outdated relative to quartz movements, right? So with Plexi, it's basically the same thing. It has a romance that Sapphire just doesn't have. Like when you look at Sapphire, it's very glassy and it, it doesn't, it doesn't play with light in quite the same way. But there's also the difference that Plexi is still practical today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not totally outdated in the sense that it's useless. I mean, yeah, it scratches, but you can buff out any scratches. So it's not it's not really a deal breaker. At yeah. least yeah, for for us. So Yeah, it's just again like romantics and it's just come down to it's just beautiful. Like acrylic crystals, like plexiglass mm-hmm. crystals, like there's just a warmth and a sparkle and a clarity to it um, that that elevates the watch visually. Um, and again, it's not something that you can put on a spec sheet, but I think I think you know a lot of people, you know, message us like I didn't even think your watch was going to be. As beautiful as I as I feel it is, I can't stop looking at it. It's just you know, all these things. Like a lot of that, I think, comes down to it's it's it just has this beautiful play with the light that the that the plexi crystal gives it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not cold. It's warm. It's inviting. And I think you can't underestimate just that little difference. Uh, with watches, yeah. all about the little things. They all add up to something greater than the sum of its parts. And I think, um, yeah, I think 
as much as people are like, oh, Vision Sapphire, <laughs> I honestly think that the Flexi is like is our secret weapon here. Yeah. We're, once you once you put it on and look at it, like you can't you can't deny. We're trying to convert yeah. people. Because <laughs> <laughs> once you handle a vintage watch, it has a certain soul and. A lot of it has to do with the crystal, because that's how you see the watch. Mm. And you know, a, a lot of brands try and take from vintage designs, and but they put on a sapphire crystal, and it just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't have the same soul, I guess you could say. So. So that's our hill that we're dying on. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do have to say, I, when I, as I was doing my research today, my wife walked by my computer, and she. My wife isn't one to comment necessarily about watches in a way that's, I don't want to say not positive. She kind of tolerates and understands the hobby and she gets it, but like they aren't her thing. I will say, I think I had the Falcon up. She's like, those Laurier watches you really had today, those are really sharp. Like when, when, when she says something, I can say that, that, that it's, it's, it's the highest of compliments because she doesn't agree with me on a lot when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think your wife has really great taste. Maybe you should listen to her. <laughs> well, I, and the 36 millimeter, I think, would work perfect on her because she has a couple 34 and 36 millimeter watches. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah great size. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we really, I think, I think, I think that's probably, that's probably about time. Um, we've, as usual, we, we've given everybody, it's like extra innings. It's free baseball. It's free walk podcasting. It's the whole thing's free, but you got an extra 20 minutes um, past the hour. And I, I learned a lot. I really enjoyed that. It was great hanging out with you two. Um, we'll have to talk a little bit more when you guys have some new things. I'm really excited about that GMT. Um, yep. So maybe we'll talk yeah. after I stop recording. Great <laughs> <laughs> to get it out in the world. Yeah, no, I just want to say thank you guys for having us as well. This was this was really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're really glad you all were able to make it make you know make time for us and, and our our listener. We joke that we have one. <laughs> it keeps us humble. But uh <laughs> um it's it's been fun hanging out with you two and we really appreciate you coming on. So thank you very much. All right, thank, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys. All thank the best guys. to you yeah. guys. I'll take care.